yeah, it's a great privilege to, to preach today. Thank you uh, so much. It's lovely to see so many people here. Shine, Jesus, shine. That's a, that's a great song. My favourite part of the song is uh, Blaze Through It Blaze, Set Our Hearts on Fire. I don't know if we have any Rocky Four fans here, but Hearts on Fire is a great song in uh, Rocky Four when Rocky's training for his fight. And uh, it's a very you know, uplifting time uh, in, in, that, in that film. And it's uh, you know, one, one of my favourite scenes of any film. One of my, me and my dad's favourite films is called The Bourne Identity. So you've probably seen The, uh, the Bourne Identity. And uh, it's all about this man called um, Jason Bourne, who doesn't know his name. And uh, he doesn't actually know who he is. He's got an identity crisis. And um, the whole film is reveals who he actually is, and he finds out who he is, and uh, that's, that's the premise of the film. Now, we're going to be looking at Salt and Light today, and that is all connected with Christian identity. And because of that, the title of my sermon is The Born Again Identity. That was a good one, I know. Christians talk about being born again in the Bible. We're going to talk about what it means to be born again and the identity that goes with that. Before we start, let's pray. Uh, Lord God, uh, thank you so much today just to have you in our lives, Father. Thank you for creating us, giving us hope of a life which can be wonderful, Father. I just thank you so much that uh, you, you, that is what you want for us, Father. Give me your words to speak. Speak through me, Father. May all our hearts be open to hear what you want us to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. The Born Again Identity. We're going to be reading in uh, Matthew chapter 5 today. Heinrich already read that chunk of scripture before. We're just going to start with verse 13. And it says, just 13, chapter 5 of Matthew, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Now, all of us were given some salt sachets earlier, as Marius uh, alluded to. Now, I want you to take your salt sachet and open it. Okay, go ahead and open it. And I want you to experience the salt. Okay, now that can be in a number of ways. I wouldn't advise putting it in your eye. That will hurt. But you might want to smell it. You might want to taste it. Yummy. Go, go ahead now and experience salt. It's a bit bitter. Malcolm's experienced it. Anna doesn't want to experience it. That's what chips and vinegar. That's what's missing. Does anyone have fish? Fish and chips. Yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? So while you're doing that, maybe a good question. Why do you think Jesus says Christians are the salt of the earth? Why do you think? A bit of interaction. Any ideas? Pick. Cleansing properties. <coughs> you had a tooth taken out this week. Wow. 
You've taken half my sermon off me. I'm a dentist. How could you? Wow, okay, brilliant. Good, very good. We're going to talk about that. CJ. So, it was a preservative, so it would stop things from going bad. Right, preservative. Yeah. Well, let's just go to the next slide. So, is all about impact and influence, and the three illustrations I'm going to give are no. Food preservative, salt cleanser, <laughs> flavour enhancer. <laughs> no, not planted, not one of them was planted in the audience. That was just meant to happen. <laughs> so the title of, of my first point is Salt, Impact and Influence. So, absolutely. So, three, three possible illustrations. We don't know exactly what illustration Jesus was thinking here, but three possible illustrations. Food, preservative, again, like the idea of Christians being people who stand up for what's right, help keep the world pure and live a pure life themselves. The idea of it's a wound cleanser or an irritant. Me and Tidu are both dentists here. And we know that whenever anyone like poor Pip has a tooth out, you're advised, rinse with salt water. It stops your, your, your socket getting infected. Who here's had a tooth out? Did you, did you gargle with salt water, if you can yeah, remember? Yeah. My dad says no. I, hope. <laughs> I have to teach him that if he ever needs a tooth out in the future. Um, yeah, so that's another thing. And the idea, again, of you know, Christians being an irritant, potentially, of this world, because sometimes saying what's right causes irritation. Yeah. And finally, it's a flavour enhancer. When you add salt to the most bland of rice dishes, it can make the rice be palatable enough to finish. Um, we're going to have a look at Psalm 34 here. This is the idea of it being a flavour enhancer. Psalm 34 says, verse 8, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. But the lions may grow the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Amen. This is amazing, amazing description here of life with God being tasting good and you not lacking any good thing when you are with God. You know, in life Sometimes it can get a bit bland. As Alice was saying, if you're working for 40 years, five days a week, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets bland as well. I'm again at that sort of slightly earlier stage of working. But I can understand that life might get a bit dull. And the amazing thing about being a Christian, as I've experienced, is that life as a Christian is never dull. There's always a huge amount of flavour in your life as a Christian. God brings that flavour into your life. Maybe you feel like you need some more flavour in your life today. Maybe this is your first time at church. I encourage you, if you want more flavour in your life, this is the place to be. Jesus says Christians are the salt of the earth. They're meant to enhance the flavour of life. One, as, as, as a dentist, I get to meet a lot of people. And I met somebody a couple of weeks ago who I thought was one of the most inspiring people I had ever met. He was an 85-year-old man called Patrick. Now, Patrick comes from the Caribbean, and Patrick 
is cool. Patrick is an ex-weightlifter. He's an ex-army man. He's 85, but he still goes to the gym. And he still wants to invest in root canal treatment on his teeth. It's remarkable. I don't know if I would have that much motivation for my teeth when I'm 85, and I'm meant to have lots of motivation. Now, Patrick was a very kind man. You could see he, he, was, he clearly experienced a very full life. And Patrick was, uh, you know, we got to chat a bit about his life in the army. I, got to, I, I always like to kind of get to know my patients and get to know their lives. And I also really like to, if I get a chance, to share my faith with my patients. Now, sometimes I run a Bible discussion in my little town of Amesbury, and uh, I invited Patrick along to my Bible discussion. Patrick said, well, he said it in a very Caribbean accent, which I will not attempt to impersonate. I'll probably offend someone or just look like an idiot. So, um, he said, well, when I was young, I read the full works of Shakespeare. And I thought, oh, he clearly, clearly, clearly reads quite, you know, interesting stuff. And he said, and I started to read the Bible. And I read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. And then he sort of gave some, you know, some more books of the Bible in the wrong order. And he said, but I didn't really, didn't really get it. And I didn't, I just didn't, I didn't get through it all. I read some, I read some of the New Testament, but I didn't read all of it. And that was really interesting. Because as a Christian there, I can see someone before me who's lived an amazing life. Who's lived in many ways a very full life. But despite all that, he hasn't lived it, lived it yet to its fullest. There's still flavour that could be added. And it was amazing for me to be able to say to him, if you come to this Bible discussion, I guarantee you, you will have flavour added to your life. Now that's not because of me, that's not because I'm a mega Bible discussion leader, that's because of God and his word. God and his word gives us flavour in our lives. Jesus says, as Christians, we're the salt of the earth. We enhance the flavour of the earth. Now, we don't know exactly, as, as I said earlier, what Jesus's, Jesus's illustration was meant to be. But of all those illustrations, whether it was food preservative, wound cleanser, flavour enhancer, salt always has an impact. Salt always influences whatever situation you put it in. Salt's not influenced by the situation that it's in, but it influences the situation that it's in. That's why Jesus says Christians are the salt of the earth. Christians are put here to impact. Christians are put here to influence. Christians are put here to change the world. I think inside all of us, we want to do something great with our lives. I think every person, we're all, we're all drawn to those great causes in life, in life, aren't we? When someone we see on the news is fighting for something which maybe they're facing some sort of hostility, but it's for something that's right, we're all drawn to that. Yeah. We're all drawn to their plight. We're all drawn to their, their, their quest, their journey, because we know we want to be part of something great, yeah. something that's going to make a difference. We want to change. We want to have an impact on this earth. How do you do with being an influence in your life? Are you an influencer or are you influenced? Jesus says that if the salt loses its saltiness, it's no longer useful. If we're going to be Christians, we need to be people who influence rather than are influenced. 
I remember at school, swearing was a big deal. We've got a few people at school at the back, the team group. We were fired up yesterday with the teens. I spent some time helping out with the, the, teen, the teens, and it's, it's always mad. Went and played dodgeball and things last night. Ate loads of pizza, lots of salt. Um, <laughs> but at school, swearing is a big thing. It starts to get into people's language. And if you don't swear, sometimes people think there's something wrong with you. And I guarantee you, teens, when you start to work and get old like me and Alice, they'll still swear. And they'll still think it's a bit weird that you don't swear. But that's the part of being a Christian. You stand out when you don't swear. You stand out at work when you don't gossip. People know that in that corner, there's that, that person who sits, that man, that woman, they're a Christian, and they don't talk bad about that, that colleague that's going through a hard time. They are different. Yeah. And that can actually, because we're not, if you're not influenced by the gossip in your workplace, and again, I don't know if there is or, or, or if there isn't, you'll stand out. People will see that you are different. Yeah. The idea of, you know, again, another thing at school, people start to, to discover alcohol at parties. Getting drunk becomes a real thing. It becomes the in thing to do. Again, that doesn't change when you start to get old like me and start to work. I oh, know I'm not, I'm not that old compared to everybody, but you know, I won't, won't, won't say too much about that. Um, I know, my mum's saying steady, I should really get steady. Um, alcohol and things like this, getting drunk, these are things where if you're going to be a Christian, you've got to be ready to stand out. Not to be influenced, but to influence. You know, for me in work, Dentistry can become about money rather than people. In reality, all our jobs are serving people, not really about earning money. Earning money is part of life, we need to do it. But really our jobs are about caring. Life is about caring. Being at work is about caring. We can get so caught up with, I need to do this, this and this today, and we forget to ask people how they really are doing. But when we... Take a moment and say, how's life? And people, maybe, you know, our colleagues realise we care about them more than we care about the results of our work. They actually see there's something worth being influenced by. Jesus says we are the salt of the earth as Christians and we're called to influence others, make a difference rather than be influenced. Do you influence the world? Or are you influenced by the world? I think Jesus would ask us that question if he was here today. You are the light of the world. We're going to look a bit at light. Matthew 5.14 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Why do you think Jesus refers to Christians as light? More interaction. Why do you think? And maybe, I don't know if we're going to get my three exact points this time. We might, we might not. Why do you think Jesus says Christians are the light of the world? <coughs> light dispels darkness. Dispels darkness, okay. So the truth. The truth, okay, I like that. Yeah, there was another hand up over on the left. Oh, yeah. Show the way. Show the way, okay. 
I like that. We carry a message of hope. Okay, that was different. I don't have that. Okay. Anybody else? Joan, last one. Can't see life clearly without life. You can't see life clearly without life. Yeah. My second point: light blazing constantly. Three possible illustrations. Light. A lighthouse is a warning. So. The reason why that lighthouses would have been created before the days of radar and those sorts of things. If you were travelling into Dover all the way from France and you saw a lighthouse, you'd think, right, I'm warned to be careful where I'm going to sail my boat. I'm not going to sail. If I don't listen to the warning of the lighthouse and see the light and steer away from it, I'm going to, I'm going to end up with a shipwreck. Light exposes evil. When I was a, uh, a Christian in the campus ministry in London, in the student ministry, my student minister said, um, confession, sorry, sin is like mushrooms. They don't grow, it doesn't grow well in the dark. And when you confess your sin and you're open about it, your sin generally goes away. Light can also be a beacon. When you have light, it shows the way. I don't know if you've ever been lost in the dark before. It's not a very nice place to be when you don't know which way to go. But you can see some light ahead of you. That light is a beacon for you to follow. I want to read a little. Many of us know Ems, who is away in Milan this week. She's very lucky. But I wanted to read a little something that she sent me. Um, she became a Christian about four or five years ago, I think. And um, she wanted to share a bit about Alice, my sister, helped her, uh, played a big role in helping her become a Christian. And I wanted to read, this is what Ems wrote to me about the impact that Alice had on her and how Alice helped see God's light, helped her see God's light through the way Alice lived. There was something that Alice had, some form of joy, that I didn't think I'd seen anywhere else. She was just filled with love and acceptance of everyone and everything. And it really drew me to want to be friends with her. I remember at school, I was like, in my head, I want to be friends with that girl. I want... There you go, Alice is very popular. <laughs> I wanted to figure out and see what she was about and try and understand for myself what this joy or love was that she had. She never once forced me or made me come or manipulated me in terms of coming to church. She just followed everything out with love. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. You know, the thing that's, that stuck out to me through what she said there was those words, joy and love. Mm. You know, as people, we love joy and love. Mm. That feeling of joy when something goes well, when your life, you feel fulfilled, that's a good feeling. That feeling of being loved, being cared about, that someone thinks you're valuable, worth investing time in, it's a good feeling. They're the kind of feelings which I don't think you can ever get enough of. But Alice clearly was able to share some light there into Ems's life. You know, when Alice was being a friend to Ems and was joyful, she was loving, she blazed. This is why light is something amazing. You think about a torch. Maybe in the, in the medieval times, the torch on a wall, it would blaze constantly. Jesus says 
uh, as if we read again the, the passage about light, you are the light of the earth. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. The light blazes constantly. The light doesn't just blaze sometimes and then go out. It cannot be hidden. It's always on. Neither do people light a lamp, verse 15, and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. The Jesus kind of light blazes constantly. It doesn't just, it's not just a, a little candle that's just, uh, you know, just about staying alight. It blazes. It gives light to everyone in the house. You know, that's what light is. Again, we don't know exactly what illustration Jesus was thinking of. Maybe he was thinking about a lighthouse, I don't know. But overall, again, the thing, the, the, the same, the thing that light always does, well, it doesn't always, but when it gives light to everybody, it blazes constantly. You look at verse 14 and 15, the idea that it, it cannot be hidden. The idea that it gives light to everybody in the house and it's not put under a bowl, it blazes constantly. <coughs> And the interesting thing is, when we blaze as Christians and we get a chance to be the light to the world, mm. we're doing it for good, but we're also doing it not for ourselves, mm. we're doing it for God. Yeah. You know, the 21st century, and probably all of humankind, in general is all about self, bringing self up, making self look good. Jesus is all about making God look good. Jesus is all about shining as a light, not because I'm good or you're good. Shining as a light to reflect God, who really is the only one who's really good. Yeah. That's what Jesus is all about. He says in verse 16, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds, and what? And glorify your Father in heaven. You know, sometimes being a Christian can be challenging, because it's not about glory. Being a Christian isn't about getting the glory, looking great. Being a Christian is about giving God the glory. Being a Christian is about serving others, giving, doing good in this world. But the ultimate goal isn't to show off yourself. The goal is to show God off. Because God is the light and we reflect his light. As Marius was sharing earlier, on our own, we, you might get out of bed. And I think we all get out of bed and think... I'm not that special. And you're right. None of us are on our own that special. But if God shines his light on us, we get to be that light for the world. What an opportunity it is to, to be beacons of light, to give hope to people. Often People often think of light and hope going together. You know, maybe you're not a Christian today, but you want to bring hope into people's lives. I'm not surprised if you do. I think, again... All of us, that's built into our, our, not even our DNA, but our souls, our, our, our way, the way we, mm. where we're wired to think we want to bring hope to people. Mm. You've got a chance to do that if you get to know Jesus, mm. if you get to know God. He wants to make you into a beacon of hope and a beacon of light for people <coughs> around you. And there'll be times where you'll get to see someone else be that beacon for you, because sometimes we need someone else to help lift us up. We blaze for God, we don't blaze for ourselves. You know, it's interesting when you think about 
Alice helping Emily become M's Emily become a Christian. There's a uh, Alice is very talented with people. She can probably tell. That was my sister sharing about our trip to Nepal, which we're very excited about. We're going to be going and serving uh, the church in Nepal and serving the poor. It's very, you know, I went probably twice. It's amazing. Come, just sign up. Come and talk to me. Um, but there's a running, there's a running joke in our in our in our young professionals family group that me and Alice are so different. We're more different than any brother and brother and sister could ever be. And that's a running joke that's you know been going for a while. Alice is so good with people. Alice is so relatable, and it's a running joke that I'm not quite so relatable as Alice. It's okay. It's okay. God is in the picture. Um, <laughs> But the amazing thing is that Alice didn't help Ems because she was relatable. Yeah, God's she helped Ems because God was working. Amen. You might feel like you're no good, like you can't achieve anything, like you've got so many weaknesses that you can't even get out of your own way. With God, He can change things in you. Amen. He can make a difference. Yeah. He's the ace in the hole. He's the ace in the pack. Mm. Alice made a difference in Ems' life. Because God was working through her. Yeah. Alice wasn't mega, even though Alice is mega. <laughs> Alice is very relatable. I'd like to become more relatable. But God gives all of us hope to make a difference because of him and not because of us and what we bring in a humanistic perspective. Salt and light. I wonder what you think of when you think of what a Christian is. Jesus says a Christian is, is a Christian is salt. A Christian is like salt because they stand out. They're influencers rather than the influenced. They're light because they shine and give people hope, give people a future, and they shine because they want God to be glorified. Thank you very much.